Oh, no, 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 I have to do another one. I'm going too far too high then, sorry. <clears throat> Let's cut that one out, because that was sounding like a 12-year-old boy. Oh, give me a second. <clears throat> right. Alright, ramblers, let's get rambling. My name is Steve, and thank you for listening. So this is the first episode back after a couple of months. Um, I decided to take a little bit of hiatus over the summer, just to um, just concentrate on a couple of other things. But um, but really glad to be back with this episode. Um, it's fe- it's featuring myself, David, and Alan from the I Finally Watch podcast. Um, so yeah, really want to say a massive thank you to those guys for being on the on the podcast again, and also for the um, technical issues and having to keep you for an extra thirty or forty minutes on the uh, on the recording session on uh, on Sunday. So yeah, thank you so much, guys, for your patience and um, yeah, just being so sweet about that. Um, so on this episode, we are talking about the film Heat. Uh, we're talking about the book Heat Two, and then we're also talking about our cast choices for um, the uh, adaptation of Heat 2 into a film or a TV show. Um, Those are all kind of in the works. It's not been announced yet how it's going to happen, but um, we thought we'd get in there early and and make our suggestions for who we would cast in the the roles um, of the characters from the film Heat that are in Heat 2. Um, So I had a a really great time talking with with the guys there. They're, um, they're fantastic, they're funny, and I've probably had my favourite experience since doing this whole podcasting thing when I challenged David from I Finally Watched to a Vincent Hanna impression off. Um, so that was a lot of fun and I hope you guys really enjoy listening to that one. And also enjoy listening to our, our cast choices. I'm not going to put uh, a vote up for who you think are the best ones, it was just kind of... Um, discussion between ourselves on which way we'd think about taking the characters in the in the new um, in the new film, uh, sequel or prequel to Heat. And uh, yeah, so I hope you enjoy just listening to to what our thoughts are on that. Um, just a couple of things I wanted to mention were that one, um, I was on the Every Romcom podcast a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the film Groundhog Day. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking to uh, Jen, who who runs the the podcast, and also her friend and colleague Zoe. Um, uh, it, the the podcast episode came out on the weekend of the uh, 17th and 18th of September. So um, I've been sharing it on on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So please do go ahead and give the episode a listen. Um, It's obviously it's a great film and um, the the podcast is amazing as well. So if you can give that episode a listen, then please do think about giving Jen's uh, back catalogue a listen as well. Jen is um, fantastic. She does such hard work in researching um, the, the films that she's going to talk about such puts so much effort and, and work into it puts me to shame really so she's very inspiring in that way um but yeah she works really hard and the um the podcast is, is great so please do give it a listen uh and the second thing is that i'm um i've got plans in place for episodes for the remainder of this year and also into the start of next year so hopefully nothing unforeseen happens and they'll all come through so you'll be hearing a bit more uh from me a bit more regularly uh over the next few months so i hope you will look forward to that as well um but for the time being please li- please enjoy listening to this episode on heat 2 from myself david and alan of the i finally watch podcast so let's get to it bye so before we get into the episode um just wanted to say as usual just a massive thank you to anybody who's shown any type of support to uh, myself and the um and the podcast um it's it's amazing 
just receiving any type of review or um, uh, feedback or any kind of follow on on social media uh, and interaction on social media as well. It's it's um, it's really humbling to be able to um, yeah just kind of interact with with other people who have um, got similar kind of interests or or a passion for something or a, a newly found passion for something. It's um yeah it's it's a, it's such a it's such a good and positive thing to to do um so just a reminder if you search for um for me these films are the juice or these films are the juice on instagram facebook twitter apple podcast Castbox, spotify um you'll be able to find find the podcast and, and follow it on any of those platforms. So thank you for listening to this episode of For Me, These Films Are The Juice. This episode is going to be about uh, Heat and also the upcoming, don't know when it'll be out, but the upcoming uh, prequel sequel Heat 2, um, which was just released in novel form in August. Um, uh, myself and my guests today have both read through it. Um, absolutely, absolutely loved it and are really looking forward to seeing what they do with Heat 2. In preparation for that, we're going to um, imagine that they're going to make the whole book into a film and we're going to cast the the characters from, from the book. Not all of them, because they have introduced some new characters into the story. Um, so this will be the characters from the original theme, film Heat, which are also in Heat 2. So my guests today are David and Alan from I Finally Watched Podcast. Guys, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Very, very good. It's like we haven't talked in ages. How how's how's everything going? <laughs> That's right. No, um, no, everything's well. Everything's good. Good, good. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing good too over here. Cool. Yeah, you just went off for a minute there, Dave. I thought maybe um, you'd messed up and kind of like left the thing, and we'd have to start recording again because that would be something we wouldn't want to do so uh yeah i'm glad uh -huh. you're there just to let everybody know this is take two we went through about half an hour of recording the episode but we weren't recording the episode so a huge apologies to to david and alan their time is precious um so we're going to uh we're going to get through this again well it, and it is definitely recording so um so yeah guys thank you so much for being on the on the podcast again um david and alan previously were on the uh were previously on the podcast talking about um our top five uh, performances in Paul Thomas Anderson films, which um, I really enjoyed. Hope you guys did too. And um, so, yeah, they're back again to talk about uh, to talk about Heat too. So, um, before we get into that, um, David, would you like to tell us all about what's coming up with um, with the podcast? Because I know you've got some exciting plans. Yeah. So right now we are in our spooky season, what we call um, September and October. And so we've done Alien and Aliens so far, which are two movies I had never seen, surprisingly. Um, yeah, Alan and I like doing these because we're not big horror movie fans. And so it, from doing the podcast and doing these movies each year, it's like made us into horror fans. Um, and so we're finishing out with like The Lighthouse, Scream 2, Poltergeist, and then Halloween 3. Each year we've been doing a Halloween movie. Um, and then November we are doing Korean movies, which I'm excited for. Alan hasn't seen any of these and they're all really good. You know, I tried to find some different ones for him. And then uh, December is going to be cool too because, you know, uh, for our podcast we normally do a movie that at least one of us hasn't seen to kind of, you know, it's their first time. But yeah. um, there's so many movies we've both seen that we want to do. Like I remember when we started the podcast, I... I probably asked Alon if he's seen Inside Man <laughs> at least five times. 
So as like a gift to ourselves, we're going to do movies that both of us have seen, but we just want to do. And so I'm excited to do those uh, in December. As as many times as David has asked me if I've seen Inside Man, you think he has like Alzheimer's or something. <laughs> It's good that you guys, because um, we talked last time. I mean, you guys have been going for quite a while. You, I mean, you guys are doing kind of now, I, I horror it. films, but are also kind of you know, um, like the aliens films. It's kind of horror slash you know sci-fi as well. So, um, kind of lots of um, lots of rich things to talk about there. Um, so, Alan, I know you guys have been busy with with other things and developing the podcast and um, and uh, doing some things to help support you guys. So, uh, yeah, what else have you been up to? Yeah, so our website is live. It's ifinallywatchedpodcast.com, and that was really fun to make. We made it from scratch on Wix, and uh, it it really helped us find more of a, an aesthetic to our podcast, uh, div- uh, making that and, and uh, kind of honing uh, color palettes and font sizes and et cetera. So that, mm-hmm. was, that was a blast, even though I don't think it... It brings us very much more traffic uh, than usual. It was still a, a fun thing to make, so that was a win. Uh, and then, oh, and then people um, in our episodes, you know, after our Event Horizon episode, which is still a sci-fi slash horror movie. We we really milked the sci-fi slash horror movie genre <laughs> these last couple of weeks, um, honestly. But after um, after that, we are now going to have a theme uh song intro to our episodes and and a and a theme song outro too so that's that's really fun it uh we worked with a uh a musician named jesse jace thomas and he was really cool to work with uh he provided us with some something cool i'm not gonna spoil it you're gonna have to listen to it to to hear it but it's uh it fits us let's let me say that I bet it's going to be very fantastic. Um, that's that's my kind of thought for knowing knowing you guys a little bit. Pretty very funky, um, and um, just how much you guys you know you get you're building this this whole brand. You know you got a you got music, you got an intro, you got an outro. You're having celebrity guests on. You got your own website. It's um it's really going places, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like we're taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally. Um, no, that's 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 amazing to hear, and so so happy for you guys to be to be doing so well. And uh, yeah, um, long may it continue. And yeah, if anyone who's listening um, has never listened to um, David Orlan on I Finally Watched podcast, please do uh, please do give them a listen. They've covered some some brilliant films, and the um, yeah, and the banter between them is is absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah, please uh, please check them out. Um, you guys, I mean, I do listen. I, ha- I must admit, I haven't listened to all your episodes. I've listened to quite a few, um, but a couple of months ago, I was um, I listened to you guys constantly for a couple of weeks because you did Jaws and Heat back to back, which are two of my favourite <laughs> films of all time. So, um, so yeah, that was uh, that was a great little uh, little period there. How did you kind of find that as well? Did you find that those two episodes got quite a lot of traction for you guys? I, you know, I think for the summer and and I, I want David's opinion on this too but I think for the summer is, is kind of um, a, a low period for us we usually more spike in like the fall and like the winter because people seem to love like theme based um, like annual theme based things like 
in October you do horror movies, in December you do Christmas movies, et cetera, et cetera. So summer, we were trying to figure out what could the theme be. And so we, we went Jaws, because I've never seen it. I know, Cardinal Sin of, of cinema watching. But yeah, so I've never seen Jaws, and that's like the perfect summer movie. And then, and then we chose Heat because, uh, you know, summer's hot. And a movie called Heat. How could how, how could we uh, resi- resist? Um, and then we went to uh, the Goonies and Wet Hot American Summer. Wet Hot American Summer is is really obvious. And then because it, it's, it's in the name, it's, it's hot and it's got summer in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the Goonies, which I never saw, which we kind of have a funny rapport between David and I because he was like, oh, we should do The Goonies. Me thinking The Goonies is a perfect, is a, is a summer, is a film set in the summertime, which is which is not. And so um, because of scheduling with our special guest for that episode, we thought we might have to move it. And I was like, I was irate. I was like, no, we can't move it. It's a summer movie. We, we can't move a summer movie outside of summertime. And he was like thinking like, no, he tells me he's like it's not a summer movie. And I was like, then why the fuck do we do we have do we have it on the summer list? <laughs> and so, anyways, but yeah, no, it's kind those, of a summer that, movie. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, it's... but that that whole month was um, was really good for, for us on on downloads, especially Jaws um, and Heat. Very quickly hit our top ten most. I think. Uh, Jaws is our number three most downloaded episode. That's how well it did. So that's yeah, that's not surprising at all. It's um, it's such a good film, and probably people were very surprised that one of, one or both of you hadn't seen it before as well. So, um, but no, there was uh, those two episodes especially were were so enjoyable. And um, obviously today we're going to talk about Heat and, and Heat Two mainly. Um, just wondering actually, because I know you both absolutely loved I've it. I think it again um, since you did the episode, and have you kind of taken any kind of further reflections from from it at all? Well, so I watched it uh, yesterday. No, two days ago on Friday during work. Um, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, why not? We're about to do this episode. Like, I should just put it on, have it on in the background. And, um, you know, one thing we talked about when we did the episode is the cops and robbers nature of this. Like, it's kids playing rather than, you know, there's no there's no stakes to them. They just, like, if they die, they die, and that's it. Um, and there's this moment where McCully traps Pacino and figures out who he is, you know, and Pacino's got the great line of, okay, motherfucker. Um, and uh, what I noticed this time is this little smile on De Niro's face of just like, I didn't, I didn't notice the first three times I watched this, you know, the the back and forth is as much that, you know, De Niro was giving as well. Like, you could tell Pacino was enjoying it and it was a game to him. Um, but seeing that from De Niro this time, he was enjoying the, the cat and mouse of it as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's just all the little details you have in this almost three-hour movie. Um, you're always going to pick up something new. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, as we've... Sorry, no, we haven't mentioned it yet. Um, how kind of... Um, how much detail is in the film um, that that kind of Monka Man adds in is, is um, yeah, you're always going to pick up something new, as, as you say. And it's... One thing, um, you know, obviously the the diner scene gets gets talked to death whenever you you mention this film. But one thing that I always pick up on um, more and more each time is just the 
the connection between between the two of them. Um, there was this, I, I don't know if you guys had seen it, there's an on-stage interview that Christopher Nolan does with Michael Mann and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino talking about the film. And Michael Mann mentions that when they were filming it, I think they said they got to about take 11, and that's mainly what's in the film. And then that's when they were really into it, because I think you guys mentioned they hadn't rehearsed before they did that scene. And you've just got any little twitch or slight movement or you know, head nod or head going to the side, the other person kind of reflects it. You know, it's just it's just coming really naturally. So yeah, that bit where Al Pacino is kind of actually quite quite enjoying it. As you say, the cops and robbers side of it, even um that makes even Robert De Niro's character who's very stoic, very business like, um, makes him enjoy it as well. It's um it just kinda of adds to that connection between the between the two of them. Um how about yourself, Alanda? Have you watched it again since the um since the recording of the episode? Yeah, I, I actually uh, put it on uh, about three weeks ago for my dad. Um, it was uh, his first time watching it, and it was kind of a it's a hit or miss if a movie is going to land with with my father. So he he likes those kind of violent movies, and he likes uh, Pacino, and so I was like, you know, I think this is pretty good uh, chance that he'll like this one, and he did. He liked it a lot. Um, my 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 dad's very stoic, so it's not like he was jumping up and down. Um, but <laughs> he 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 liked it a lot. And uh, a couple things that I noticed just watching it with someone who's never seen it before. And he was at my dad. Uh, love my dad, but he's one of those guys who just will ask you questions in the middle of watching a movie that just yeah. randomly pop in pop into your head as mm-hmm. you're watching the movie. Like, who's this? Why is this happening? What's this? Yeah. And <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, well, um, so I was, <laughs> so, you know, and, and while he was doing that, it kind of made me like, as I was answering him, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe that's not as clear as, as I thought it was, or like, oh, that's actually a good point. Like maybe, I don't know why he's doing that in this moment, father, like, <laughs> um, how about you shut up and watch the moon? No, I'm kidding. But, um, the, uh, the, thing that I kind of realized is the the stakes and how high the stakes are for De Niro's character and less so for um for Pacino's detective character because it, it's kind of like that line they say in the diner where it's like you you can miss you know you can afford to miss but I can't even afford to miss once and you know cops have cold cases and and or you know the bad guy gets away and they move on to the next case and they keep going but if a criminal is caught prosecuted jailed or killed they're done right mm-hmm. their their career yeah. their career is over and so i think it it highlights that highlights to a certain level of of the stakes being higher for the for the bad guys i guess you would say but um but I think in in the book, it elevates that to a different level where you really realize that the the um, I I don't want to call them villains because I think in in the movie he you're really going back and forth uh, rooting for for both of them at certain points. But yeah. I think De Niro is really the one you really want to root for because the suspense and the stakes are so much higher for him and the and his crew. Uh, that you know when you when you're reading Heat Two, it, you even get that more. You're like 
you really want Chris to win out in the end because even though he's a criminal and he's killed people and he's you know not not that great of a guy, as an audience or or a visually or you know written, um, you're always rooting for the underdog more, the person who can take the licks and get up and can keep moving, and I and I think that's just in this uh, in the Heat world is the criminals really. Yeah. I can I can definitely see see what you're saying there, and um, I think it's a testament to how well written the um, the characters are, especially if we're taking Neil for example. Um, I think in the film there's there's no way you don't come away from the film knowing exactly what kind of character um, Neil McCauley is. You know, he's that kind of stoic, very thorough. Um, cutthroat, just plans everything down down to a T and won't take any unnecessary risks. But then that changes um, when he meets Edie, I think, because I think it makes it even more tragic at the end that he was so he was so, especially and then especially after reading the book as well, knowing that what he had been through um, earlier in his, his career uh, or his life, um, he was so close to getting to that point of maybe happiness or or contentment where he maybe doesn't have to take these risks at all anymore um going away to Fiji with with um with Edie but it just kind of shows maybe that the effect that Edie does have on him or the effect of even though he doesn't want to say that he's not lonely he is very lonely and he does want to be with someone so when um when he tells Michael Chirito that you know he would he shouldn't be he shouldn't be doing this this last job because he's got a wife that takes care of him. He's settled. If he was if he was Cheerio, he would he would walk away from it. Um, and then when Trail calls up to say that he can't shake off these um, this police tale that he's got and he doesn't want to let him down, you'd you'd imagine that okay, he would usually probably run, call that job off as well. But because he's so set on going to Fiji and and doing the job and being with Edie. Um, you're like, oh, we'll just take the we'll take the cook who um, I used to be in prison with. That that'll be fine to to do the job. So, um, so yeah, it just kind of adds that extra level of tragedy to it. I think that um, yeah, he just um, he was lonely in the end, and he didn't want to be with someone, and he wanted to kind of be both. happy. But you just couldn't. Um, get all these character and Hannah's character, you do you do see those other sides of them um, that maybe weren't reflected as much in in the in the film. So with um, Macaulay, you do see much more of a a softer side to him um, at, at one point in the book um, and with Hannah yeah you do the, the bit in the film where he's consoling the mother and obviously he's the, he has the scene with, with Natalie Portman and he's um, you know he's trying to stop the bleeding and taking her to the hospital and everything you see more of that in the book as well you see that kind of the, that empathetic side of him which isn't shown in the in the um, in the film as much so I thought that was really good a really good aspect of the of the um of the book and, and hopefully will get translated into however it gets made either a tv series or a film um that you get the actors that are going to play them they aren't just going to play their own versions of the you know these um uh, kind of iconic characters that de niro and pacino played they're going to be a new take on them with new kind of um emotions and things to convey i thought that was i thought that was great um what else within the um because have you both read the the book completely have you finished it yeah uh, yeah, yeah i, I finished us. it i finished it last night i was like i have to do it and alana <laughs> a little bit was like 
oh, you know, it feels a little bit like an assignment because we got we to gotta finish it on time. And I was like, honestly, man, I haven't read a book in four years. So, like, the push to get it done um, yeah. was nice. And then once you get to a certain point, um, my wife went on a trip today, and so she kept texting me things last night. And I was like, you need to leave me alone <laughs> because I am in the middle of a chase scene right here, and I don't have, I don't have time to talk to you about reservations. Just figure it out because I need to know what happens. Um, so the, the ending is so it draws you in so much, but then like the rest of the book does too. And um, the the one thing about uh, about Heat Two that sort of was bothering me in the middle of it is you know in a prequel, especially when you have a character like Neil Macaulay that's that's died in the original, you're like, oh, this can only go so many ways. Um, and, and one thing that struck me is there's this like central kind of foil character that's a foil for both. Macaulay and Hannah Mm -hmm. and you can only get a satisfying ending for one of those characters and so when you realize you're not getting it for Macaulay I was like oh that's that's kind of you know I don't like that but then the movie ends the book ends and you're like that's really the only way it could have it ends Mm -hmm. perfectly and um so yeah that was like my main takeaway of just like the you know how they landed the plane in the end and how like all right let's get this thing cast and let's get the the miniseries or the movie going (laughs) you know what's interesting about what you just said david is that uh, throughout the book i was getting kind of annoyed with chris's character because he's always moping about how and there's a point in the in the book well Man, because I, I really don't want to give too much away. I don't want to I don't want to end up spoiling anything. But I think this is just kind of a a common thing. You can tell me if I'm outside of my my reign, uh, Steve, and, and you can yank me back in, right? But, okay. Um, yep. Go for it. There there's a there's a there's a part in the book where Chris wants to enact revenge on Hannah for killing Neil. I think that's kind of more of a logical way of thinking of it. Like, yeah, of course, right? He's He's mad. He's mad about um, the killing of Neil. Um, but what's interesting is that I was getting annoyed with the Chris character because he was like, oh, he's like, he's like a brother from another mother. And then it's like, you read 20 more pages and he mentions, he's like, uh, yeah, Neil, my brother from another mother. I'm like, Chris, dude, we get it. He's your brother from another mother. You can shut the fuck up about it. Um, but because of the way the movie ends and i think you you both know exactly what i'm talking about is that if if they didn't really like like secure that bond between neil and chris the ending um to what happens at the at the end of the book wouldn't have hit as hard as it did and i think because they just made sure that we were aware of how close they were and how how much like brothers from another mother they were um they they uh the 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 things that he that the things that chris does at the end of the book um makes and the thing that hannah does at the end of the book too makes neil almost present yes there in the moment even though he's he's dead I can understand what you what you're saying there, and I think the development of the Chris character in the book also just reflects how much of the new Neil he has become as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think yeah no I I can I can certainly see what you're saying and and also obviously again not to give away the um, anything 
about too much from the book or or the very very ending and stuff but um one thing i was going to say is um potentially heat three as well (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's oh man when i read that last line i was like i was like heat three david do you think that was kind of giving away should i cut that bit out or is that okay the last line for heat three no i don't think that gives anything away i I do think it's just kind of a perfect way to end it, and it also has the ending of it where we get the 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 rest of Chris's story is probably like the last ten pages, and then we get the ending you just described. Um, it almost felt like a Jason Bourne movie, and then uh, yeah. and then <laughs> yes, and then yes. and then Hannah comes in. We have that line. And then, like, I just expected the Jason Bourne music to start playing. I guess I could have just done it on my own. But it's like, yeah, we're, you know. So I I don't think that gives anything away, I think. And honestly, like, you know, just read the fucking book, guys. Like, let's <laughs> get it together. You you could even look at the last chapter where it goes from Chris's story to the to the last line that you were saying, Steve. You could almost look at that as a post-credit scene, right? <laughs> like, you 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 Marvel Easter egg at the end. And and you roll the credits, and then as the last line goes up in black, boom, pops open. You're in the blue room. So yeah, that could be cool. Nate pulls out the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> and we're like, oh god. He's like, fine, I'll I think do if you're it myself. To this and you're a big fan of the film, and you haven't read the book or thought about reading the book, you should change that immediately because it is. Um, I think anyone who loves the film will love the the book just as much. Um, and I think um, sorry, go on, go on. even if e- even if they just walk in their their local bookstore, pick up a copy, read the first twenty pages, and 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 like make you know decide after that, just do that right. Like that that will that will make your decision right then and there. The first the first twenty thirty pages is just like if you're not hooked, then the book isn't for you. You know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think um, huge credit to, to Michael Mann for um, for sharing the uh, the writing process with uh, my new good friend, uh, Meg Gardner, as well, on, on the book. Um, so I think we did kind of maybe touch on this uh, when we were trying to record earlier, but could you guys, could you guys maybe see where the Michael Mann maybe bits that were written and separated from the the um the bits written by Meg Gardner at all? Do you think you could kind of see the split anywhere in the book? I uh, I think hmm. when I noticed the most is you know some of the some of the let's say the first three fourths of it there are chapters where you'll have three pages that covers a huge amount of ideas and plot and whatever and just does them in sentences, but then the last um, ten chapters are just this chase you have setting up this meeting this uh it not going well and then a chase of all these characters and it's going back and forth it's probably the last like 20 chapters honestly yeah and that is probably maybe like five minutes of film time that's been extended to like so many pages and that felt more like man preparing for what this was going to look like a little bit to me um but that that was like when i really noticed it in the end of just how detail oriented it was for the sort of the the climax of the ending of the movie uh, the book I, I think you're completely right actually because just you talking then just reminded me of the the build up to the very ending before 
um, kind of the shit really hits the fan at the end um, where there's again not to spoil anything but there's a there's a something happening to someone and Han you don't know if Hannah's going to spot it or see it or know if it's um, actually happening and is he going to um, is he going to be able to to do something about it? Um, I think when I was reading it, I could really feel like my toes were starting to kind of like curl up and clench together because I was like, oh, just turn around, watch, get in the car, chase after them. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think the, I think Michael Mann and and Matt Gardner did such a good a good job there, and I think especially in some of the details of. Um, the new jobs or the new locations that are in that are in the book, um, you could really see Michael Mann's fingerprints all over those. You know, by how detailed they were. I think, um, yeah, you could really see where that was that was coming out from from Michael Mann. Um, just to give anyone who again who hasn't read the book yet or hasn't been thinking about um, reading the book, um, one bit that struck me from from the beginning of it, which was um, just really drew you in, and is just probably what any fan of the film would would want to um would want to read about it just after the um the ending of heat i'm just going to read out now in my best voice um but uh, but yeah this kind of just gives you an idea of the of the tone of the book i think <coughs> just talking about oxisms that carried him into death they understood each other as if they were the only two people on the planet alone isolated within who they were but only they knew how it all really works i mean you know, if you're not hooked to read the book just after that little bit at the start, I don't think, I don't think you can be. And you know about that. It's like um, <laughs> the the hold that Neil's character has on multiple people throughout the uh, throughout the. I'll just call it the HU, the Heat Universe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is kind of amazing because it, it's like. You know, I think even Chris says it in the book is that um, apart from calling him his brother from another mother, <laughs> he, he, he calls Neil the only person to ever understand him, his true soulmate. Um, and then in the, the connection that he has with Hannah is like this, this other world, worldly like understanding of each other's um, passion and, and drive. And then even with characters like um, Eliza and Edie and, you know, multiple people throughout the movie and the book, it's like, what a, what a dynamic kind of guy. And, and, and what's funny, too, is like for, for Hannah, who can't really keep a relationship or a marriage together, and for Chris, who is all kinds of messed up in the relationship department, too, um, they both find a better connection to Neil than any woman that they have in their lives. And so you reading that part almost reads as, as a, as a romance, right? And not, not in like a, a sexual way, obviously, but in more of a, more of like a, like a higher elevated mindset. Like they, they, they all connection with Neil's character. And I think it's like, after reading the book and everything, it it even makes his death in heat even more sad. Yeah, I think yeah, no, you, I completely agree with what you're saying. That he has such an he's such an affecting 
um, character that yeah has, has such an impact on on the characters throughout the throughout the book and and throughout the throughout the film. Um, probably just to to say so. The book Heat Two is a prequel and sequel to to the film. So as we kind of mentioned earlier, it starts out <clears throat> literally a couple of hours after the end of after the end of Heat, and then it jumps around between um, nineteen eighty eight, um, going back to ninety five, ninety six, and then going forward into into the year two thousand. So it covers a twelve year um, a twelve year period, and yeah, just maybe ties in everything of how the characters got to the point of the film and then yeah what happened what happened to those who survived um uh there afterwards and brings in a lot of a lot of new characters who who were very um yeah very very well written actually i think the main um bad guy you guys were mentioning Ward, wardell i think if i remember rightly his name is um i mean that's a character that you know i could certainly see his face in my mind when i was when i was reading the the book he's um He's kind of wing grow on steroids, I suppose, is one way of describing him. You know who I imagined, that, but he he wouldn't he wouldn't work in this because he's a little bit older. Is like a Michael Chiklis type. Yes. Um, I suppose this is the point where I'm going to challenge David to a Vincent Hanna impression off um, because David, I was very impressed with your um, with your impressions of of Vincent Hanna from your guys' Heat episode. Um, could tell you're really into it as well. I think. Alan, did you say you'd seen like um, like a vein popping out of David's head that you'd not seen before, and a completely new side to David when he was doing that? Yeah, yeah. It's um, well, ever since then, it's just kind of been a part of his character, and he's never been the same since. <laughs> so, I've seen some shit. <laughs> my uh, one of my friends who uh, who he's been on on our podcast before. He I asked him what he thought of the impression. He's and you watch the re, uh, you listen to the rewatchables, Steve. So he yeah. was like he's like it's an great impression of Chris Ryan doing an <laughs> like Al Pacino. And I was like, well, that's I'll what choose I was doing, the first so. one. I'll do it. Then you do the same one. Then you choose the next one you want to do. You do oh, okay. it, then I do it. And we that could sounds... do like we could do four each. Like so I choose two, you choose two, and we both do each. Got it. Okay. Okay. Mm. That sounds Okay. And then and then I'll judge in between them. I'll just be like, that one's David's or that one's Steve's and go from there. Um, I love that the you need to with... make I love that you need to make this about yourself. You're like, the most salon <laughs> talking is what I want. So like I'm gonna talk in between each one because people haven't heard my voice in long enough. So yeah, but that, that sounds great, Alon. Mm-hmm. I I just wanna say that, David, you're you're really fucking up your chances. <laughs> Cool. So we'll do it that way. David's David's mentioned, and then yeah, in between each one, Alan, you you pick your winner, and then um, yeah, if there's any others you want to you want to throw in David at the end, just for fun, that, you know. Well, I just want to mention out of the competition. I want to mention like, like a McDonald's. He's like, I'll have a double double, fries, a coke, and a blowjob so, on the side. Uh, so we've decided on the on the way we're going to do this. Uh, everyone's happy with with their role. I hope so. Um, David, over to you. I'm going to let you go first. Whichever one you want to uh, you want to start off with. Well, time. and you graciously allowed me because I told you that the only way this works is if I start <laughs> with this line. So, and I hope I don't, I hope I don't screw it up. But because she's got a great ass, and you got your head all the way up. Nice, nice. Someone's writing notes. I can see. I can hear. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just tallying. Yeah. <laughs> what are the criteria you're using, Alon? Is it like 
you know, diction and what what do we got? It, you know, it's it's intensity, it's it's loudness. Um, it is. Do I feel the emotion coming through the mic? Is is really what I'm I'm trying to grasp okay. here? Good to yeah. know. Great. Okay. Cause she got a great ass, and you got your head all the way up it. I, I like the, your emphasis on you emphasized the right parts. I think a little better than I did. I, I find I find if I'm if I'm really trying to do if I'm really trying to say it in the way that Bashino does, that's the way I get my kind of. I feel it's better in my own head. Ooh, All right, now you choose. That's, that's a oh tough wait, Alan's Alan's gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't I don't like choose a. All right, no, that's fine. I can wait. I can no, wait. no, yeah, you go, you go. go I on, forgot. Go yeah. <laughs> You're such an asshole. Um. Hmm. You know, I I'm sorry, Steve. I have to give it. To, I have to give this one to David. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. No problem at all. If I was going to win one, it has to be this. If I lost this, it was going to be a long day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not just that. It's just. It's my honest opinion. I think I just have to give that one to David. Yeah. That's. What, I think you got the throatiness and everything, the huskiness, a lot better than I did on that one. I, I I'm not going to point them out, but there's certain lines in here that if you do, I'm going to have nowhere to go. So you, <laughs> if you choose carefully enough. <laughs> okay. So now it's uh, it's my turn. Uh, yeah. So let's go with. Okay. I had coffee with Macaulay half an hour ago! Nice, okay. Mm -hmm. This is one of the tougher ones with me. Because this one starts out soft and ends intense, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. I had coffee with Macaulay half an hour ago! That one got progressively a lot better. The ending to that one was was fantastic. Yeah, but it's, the game was so so rough. I I have to give that one to Steve. That that yeah, that one is Steve's. No, I thought I did it well, but whatever. That was a, that was a tough one. I think that was that, that ended perfect. I I will say if I have to like like you want an actual numbered judgment on this, David. <laughs> I think your first part was like a one or a two, and your last part was like a seven or an eight. But I think Steve's entire line reading was like a solid seven. So by average, I think he he wins this one. Ha! Okay, motherfucker. <laughs> that wasn't I, my that wasn't my reading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 weirdly feeling pressure on this because it's kind of like a one take thing. You can you can only do it once. So you know. Um, so uh, yeah, over to you. <clears throat> Everyone, back away from your uh, pull your headphones out. So. The extra thud on the table there as well. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. That was brilliant. Technically, technically, not quite correct, I don't think. But very, very, <laughs> but, but, but very, very good. Very, very good. There's a specific... As an, as an actor, you have to make choices, Steve. And sometimes... Are you putting your own spin on it? Are you trying to, yeah, you know? Let's... Okay, all right, okay. Because there's something in this one that I that I quite like. I see if I can get it across. Okay. Give me all you got. Give me all you got. 
and not happy with that one. Not happy with that one. He kind of loses it. It's like he lost breath the second time that he did it. So it's the second one's got to sound a little bit more strained, I think. But I don't think well, I'm I did it that well. Wait, I'm I'm curious, Steve. What what was what was the line that that David didn't say in his? Well, no, the way no, no, he he said it. He said it right. He said the lines right. But it's just both of them were at like the same intensity and the same level. But the way Pacino does it, it's like he's got like a like the second time he does it, it's just slightly more strained. He can't keep at the same level oh, as okay. he did the first one. That's not a criticism. Mm-hmm. That's just the way they've done no, it. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, I, I, d- I don't think I did very well on that one. You're affecting the I judges just... there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm just saying from you know being an expert, you know, Pacino <laughs> impressionist here. That's what I'm just saying. So, um, yeah. Well, you know. It's interesting too because I don't know if you've noticed. I, I knew what what David was saying in the as his first quote, but his came his came at such a this one came at such a surprise volume and intensity to me. <laughs> um, no, I man, yeah, I think I just have to give this one to David. Mm. Yeah, yeah if, if Pacino's fine. screaming, it's that's where I um, <laughs> that's where I can shine. So. Mm, mm. That was all right, last okay, one. So okay. Um, no, we'll go through all six. I think, shall we? We'll do oh, the yeah, yeah, all six. Yeah. yeah come, on, come on, come on, get them all done. Um, okay, so slightly later in that scene, then, um, as he's walking away. Don't waste my motherfucking time. Pretty good. Pretty good. <clears throat> Don't waste my motherfucking time. <laughs> oh man, I gotta go with David again. It's fine. It's fine. I'm I holding think, back slightly. I'm holding back slightly just because my children inflection. are downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so mine are kind of like shouty whispers. You know what I mean? But um, no, no, no. It's fine. Uh, I cleared the house yeah. out for this. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. gotta leave. <laughs> just like Pacino, I was like, you gotta give me room. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it with my last two. Okay. Well, uh, because, so, just as a uh, little behind baseball here, I didn't finish the movie, so I didn't get to the Shut Up Ralph scene. So, I am going to do the other one, because I need Steve to do it first so I can have a (laughs) chance at that one. So, here we go. Ha! Okay, motherfucker! Good. Solid. Solid. Ha! Okay, motherfucker! You know, now I, I would thought... say if if you rewatch that scene, he's not really screaming that. It's more of a, it's a softer Pacino. You know what though? That that line is such a is such a. Steve, if you want another retake, I'm I'm willing to give you another retake on that line. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, I think I got the inflection right. Okay, I'll just try. I'll just try and do it. Sort, sort the kids downstairs. Okay. She's got a bit of a laugh. She's got to have a little bit of a laugh in there like he's doing it like that as well. Okay. <laughs> ah. Okay, motherfucker! Alright, I'm going to have to give that one to Steve. Sorry, David. I disagree, but that's the way life works sometimes, so all right. Okay, right. 
So I, I just love the reading on this one. Okay. You, you, you remember this scene now, though, David, yeah? The, no, no, I, I know what it is. I just didn't get to it to hear Pacino do it okay, one more time. <laughs> All right, fair enough. No problem. Okay, so, so he's on the television set. He's talking to his wife at the same time. Okay, right. So. Hey, shut up! Roth, sit down! I heard myself. I heard myself reverb then. Oh, when I did the uh, "Give me all you got," I heard myself loud and clear from like mm -hmm. it went into Alon's and came back into my ear. So, <laughs> um. shut up, Ralph! Sit down. That was good. Yeah, but I'm gonna give that one to Steve. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever, yeah, you know. It, <laughs> you, know you know, I will say, I will say, whoever does start has a very good, like, one foot ahead of the game on that one. I am uh, just happy to be a participant, and I uh, need to rest my throat. It hurts, yes, so. yes, yeah, yeah. No, same here. Um, well, thank you. Thank is that a draw, then? Three each? It is. There you go. Come on, we have to have a decider. Oh, no. No, it's a draw? I didn't want to draw. We have to have a decider, surely. What was the... Um, right, was, me, was, so, was, you pick, you pick, Alan. Yeah, you think of it. Oh, okay, okay. So it can be like one you've done or like a new one? Let's um, do a new one, because yeah, obviously we each, we each won one of the ones we've already done. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, Just do the April Fool's. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Do do the do the April Fool's motherfucker. Okay, is it me going first or David? You can go first. All right. Ooh, first one. Okay. Um. Does he? Hang on. Does he just say April Fool, motherfucker? Is that what it says? I did it right here. April Fool's motherfucker. April Fool's motherfucker. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm so confused on who that was. <laughs> That was, that was David. Effort. That was David. Okay, right. Okay, but this is a little tough because this is this is written. So you you guys don't have a have a thing to go I know off exactly of how Pacino said it. He seems David seems pretty confident in this one. I think. Okay, so I just gotta right. imagine his eyes are as wide as when he does the great ass one, and he's you know, and he's in the pose he does in Scarface when he's sailing my little friend. Okay. April Fools, motherfucker! Okay, okay. One I'm damaged eardrum later. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Hold on. Give me a second. April Fools! Motherfucker! <laughs> oh, the pause. Yes. The pause the between pause April adds, Fools yeah. and Motherfucker. That's, that's, a, that's a ring dinger, that one. I mean, I, I think Steve agrees with me. David, I think you win this one. Just to let you know how the process went, I muted my microphone and I started the "cause she's got a great ass line," <laughs> and then I unmuted my microphone and delivered. I don't think that would work on a set, but that was just my process. That was uh, good. That was a home run. I think. Well, it got it got you the win, David. I think you you win the the impression off. So congrats. Well done, well, you know, congratulations. Once again, just happy to be here. Honestly. <laughs> It Gracious. was a group effort. Yep, yep. Gracious in defeat and victory. I like, I like it. 
Um, okay, well, thank you very much, both of you, for that. That was just as much fun as I, as I hoped it would be. Um, okay, so uh, the the real reason uh, we're here cast today. the um, characters from that were in the film Heat and then also appear in Heat 2 um, for the Heat 2 prequel or sequel. Um, so the characters we're going to um, recast are Michael Chirito, uh, Kelso. Uh, so Michael Chirito, who was played by Tom Sizemore in in Heat, um, Kelso, who was played by Tom Noonan uh, in Heat, Nate, um, who was John Voight, Charlene, who was Ashley Judd, uh, Chris, who probably, however they do it, will will be the main character of of Heat Two, um, uh, played by Val Kilmer in Heat. Macaulay, who was Rob De Niro, and um, Vincent Hanna. I'll go first, then Alan, then David. Is that good? Sure. Sweet. Okay, so um, Michael Chirito, originally played by Tom Sizemore in Heat, um, kind of the 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 muscle of the group, um, very important character in uh, in my life because that's where the the line that he says for me the action is the juice is what inspired the name the title of my podcast um so in heat two i'm gonna go with the british actor will poulter now so this was also a this is always a, also a tough decision for me because i think when i was initially trying to cast these uh these um characters i was thinking too much of who the original actor was and thinking okay who could play Tom size more, you know, seven years younger or something like that. I think I was fixated a little bit too much on that. So then I just kind of changed my thinking on it and was just like, okay, similar to what Alan just said, who is a good actor that I'd like to see in that role and I think could do it well. I picked Will Poulter because he has got, I don't know if you've seen him recently in anything, um, he's, you know, he's got some heft to him. The guy is ripped these days. Um, he's mm-hmm. six He's six yeah. foot two as well. He's a big guy. Um, six foot two, six foot three. And he's just a, an absolutely fantastic A guy who's menacing um, very, very well, I think. So that's why I went for uh, for Will Poulter for, for Michael Chirito. He has oh. a very punchable face. Like, mm. it he used to i'll say like when he was younger now like yeah he has a very i'm gonna fuck you up face so <laughs> slightly has changed yes yeah definitely i could i could see that in in there um uh alan how about yourself where did you go so i picked tom hopper uh who is also a british actor um and he I think most famously he's Luther in the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Um, he also played in like Black Sails and Game of Thrones and, and um, shows like that. And really, really, I picked him because this dude is six five, and he'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I just wanted some someone who was tall, someone I personally enjoyed uh, seeing on on. Um, on the screen and um even though you know he seems like a perfectly very nice person um i think just of his mass and his height i feel like he could bring the intensity of of someone like that to to the to the screen so yeah that's that's my pick tom hopper nice again i haven't um so tom hopper was picked 
for the Shawshank Redemption um, recast I did with um, uh, Wayne and uh, and Jesse um, for Recaster 2.0. So I still haven't watched him in anything, but um, yeah, I, I learned a lot about him from researching him for that, which was which was mainly one scene from um, Game of Thrones, and then the other were about five different um, videos on YouTube where he's just working out. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think definitely for just literally the the initial look of I want to pick someone who no one else will want to mess with it's um it's a it's a perfect kind of casting in, in that way definitely and you know for him it's like uh the action is the juice so really you know oh yeah. my god <laughs> <laughs> uh is it me go for it it's, so yeah. my original pick um is gonna be someone that's on a Lon's list later and so I don't want to steal his thunder Okay, but but who I chose is Jamie Dornan, who is from Belfast, and what he's he's five eleven, so he's not as tall as as your two guys. But what I was looking for in this character is basically the Sizemore scene where Macaulay takes Wanger's head against the table, and Sizemore just looks at a biker dude, mm-hmm. what well, looks like kind of a biker dude down, and just with his look backs the guy off yeah and that's what i wanted from that character in this and jamie dornan has this like very intense like stare and look about him in his face and so i thought he would be great for it um and then yeah i think after this we can talk all about our like our other choices but i'll leave those for then what did you think of this one this pickle on i'd like i'd like to hear that for for david's pick yeah yeah Oh, I you know I I think of uh, Dornan as more of a I don't know I I don't think of him as as the muscle when I think of him if he's going to be part of the crew right like um, I if you're if you're for example like if you talk about like the A team I I don't really think of him as a uh, Mr T character I think of him more of a of a the uh, face character, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can, yeah, I can see where you, where you're coming from there. Yeah, I. So, yeah, yeah. When I, I first don't think of Tom Sizemore as Mister T either, though. <clears throat> <laughs> I um, yeah. When I first read it, I was a little bit surprised because I I couldn't see it at first, but then um. I was thinking of that that scene as well. I was thinking of him especially from because what I know him best from is is the fall. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, he plays a he plays a like a serial killer um, psychopath, um, and yeah, he has that kind of co- real cold deadness in the eyes in that all the way through. Um, and yeah, I suppose Tom Sizemore's second um, most iconic scene from the, from Heat to me anyway is is that scene you were just talking about, David, when he stares down the guy. So I can definitely see. Um, Jamie Dornan having that maybe lacking the bulk but having that complete intenseness that would that would scare people through through his look so um, you know I but, can see that but in saying that I, I for me whenever I think of Will Poulter I cannot think of him as anything outside of we are the Millers so I'm just thinking <laughs> that scrawny of that scrawny little kid like staring down a biker dude I was like that biker dude's gonna to fucking Kelso, eat him alive was the I suppose the the inside man, the brains behind um, some of the the jobs that um, 
uh, Macaulay and his crew, crew pulled. He pulled all the security stuff for the for the bank heist um, in a wheelchair in a caravan uh, up in the hills. Um, very big grey beard. So for this one, um, I went with Sam Rockwell. Um, so the reason I did is because so to, so sorry, um, Kelso obviously is quite a kind of curious character, you know. Uh, obviously a kind of computer nerd and um, has this kind of strange look to him and everything and just quite a um, yeah someone who's just a bit bit kind of you know just a bit strange a bit curious um, and for me I just I don't know I could just see I could just so picture Sam Rockwell in the in the wheelchair big beard being being that way and um, kind of just giving guidance to um, to, to Chris for, for jobs he's going to pull in the in the future, um, and also just you know I love it. I'm a massive Sam Rockwell fan. A couple of the pick, a couple of the um, actors I picked here, I think, I think it was um, Steven Soderbergh that said that if you can put Don Cheadle in your film, you have to put Don Cheadle in your film. So I feel the right. same way. I feel the same way about Sam Rockwell and a couple of the other choices that I made. So um, if you can, if you have the opportunity to put them in it, then put them in it. So so yeah, that's what led me to pick Sam Rockwell for that um, for that character. Nice. I like that a lot, actually. How about yourself, Alan? Where did you... Well, I, I actually, really tell me where you went with this one, because I've never heard of this guy at all. Uh, okay, so, you know, for this, I just really wanted to have fun with it, and I feel like he didn't have much time in the book, and so I was, like, kind of imagining this as a movie, as, like, I want I want an actor who will... And and you know what? I, I don't know if any of you guys read Kelso's lines in, in kind of a funny way, but I, I kind of saw that as kind of a of a comedic um, character at times. Have you seen your like pick a, yet? I'm getting there, David. I'm building <laughs> it up, please. Can you can you shut the fuck up, please? Thank you. He's a foreplay man, um, David. He's a foreplay man. Come on. Yeah, God. <laughs> I'm tingling. I'm ready to bust. Just tell me who you picked. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So... So I picked uh, Lil Ray Howery from Get Out, and he was also in uh, Free Guy, and I. Uh, but really, really watching Get Out is 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 why I picked him because he has a minor role in that, and but he kind of steals the show on the on the on screen time that he does have, and um, I just kind of imagine I know like the age isn't right or or things like that, but. I just kind of felt like I needed an actor that kind of for the for the brief moments that he is there, I want him to kind of just um, steal the show. So I, I I felt like he was a good actor to do just that. And and I and the line delivery I feel like could could be fun with him too. So nice. Okay, I still need to watch Jordan Peele's um, film. So. <clears throat> um, uh, get out and us and uh, and this new one nope as well so um yeah look forward to, to watching the to look forward to watching those ones and seeing this guy do his stuff i'm, I'm curious to, to to know what david thinks about it it's a different direction than i went um it, it, it's funny like when you're picking these i was like well obviously you're not going to get anyone that looks like de niro and pacino or, or noonan or um john voight but I guess I tried to keep it close enough to where you could, you know, not believe it, but, you know, uh, just let it go. And so 
I didn't really even think of, of like something as kind of different as your pick. Um, he'd be good in it. He's definitely funny. And, and what's, what's funny about that is I went a little in that direction too. Um, just leading into my pick, I chose Brett Gelman, who most people would know from Stranger Things. And, you know, he's got the, the bald head similar to, to Noonan. But I think in this, with a bigger part, um, and some maybe a, a, some funnier lines, I think he would kind of just be perfect in it. He'd have to rein it in a little bit from the character he plays in Stranger Things and other stuff, but I think he could do it really well. And just like that computer tech guy, like I think he has a, that look. You know what's funny is both of those, uh, your pick and my pick, they're both from Illinois, and they're both around the same age, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I um, I thought this was a perfect pick. I thought it was a that was a really good pick, David. When I I didn't recognize his name, um, and then when I searched, I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly who that is. Um, yeah, no, it's got the computer programmer first, one of the first people to work on the web kind of look about him. Um, will definitely add a, a new direction with the kind of um, comedic side of things, but could also um, yeah easily kind of put a bit of drama in there as well. So I thought that was uh, and just aesthetically just looking at it um yeah no i thought that was a um i thought that was a really good pick so um smashed that one i think um yeah when, when david uh told me this pick yesterday or the day before i was mad i was like oh by damn john voight who was the kind of in-between man uh between kind of like kelso and de niro and um maybe kind of de niro's confidant in in heat um and in heat too you kind of learn more about their relationship and, and how it started um so for this one and yeah sorry yeah played by john voight in heat um for this one similar kind of reasoning to to sam rockwell but also i think maybe when i was trying to just visualize what a maybe a slightly john voight might look like playing this character it was the first one that came to um came to my mind and that was michael shannon um yeah, i just thought he was a, one of was my a kind of favorite pick for that one has that kind of authoritarian um, figure a look about him, someone who you could easily think was was in prison, and someone who um, could have some influence over Robert De Niro and and um, and Val Kilmer as he does kind of in the book and in the and in the film. So um, so yeah, that was kind of my reasoning behind behind Michael Shannon. When we started doing this, he was literally my first thought for Nate. Mm. Like the first person I thought to do that, and then when you sent your your list, and I was like, yeah, that's that's he is like very perfect for that role. Mm. Yeah, much much in the same way of David's pick for Kelso. When I read your pick for Nate, I was like, God damn it, <laughs> like, that's, that's really good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, thank you, and um, Alan, I can't wait to to hear your your reasoning behind this pick. Yeah, yeah. So my pick for Nate is Ewan McGregor. Um, and I I don't know if any of you have seen... Um, this might be a bad example, but I don't know if any of you have seen the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie where he plays Black Mask. Have um, not. I have not seen that yet, no. No, but he, he plays like crime lord but very like um enigmatic and and not that this would be that character but it definitely like helps like me imagining him being able to do someone like nate 
and I don't know, Ewan McGregor, I, I kind of like much in the same way where you feel about Sam Rockwell, or if you can have him in your movie, why not have him in your movie? And so I was like, you know, and he's exactly the right age that, that Nate would be for the, for the 88 character. And so um, I'm just imagining him like clean cut, long hair, just kind of like fuck every, <laughs> everything. Um, and so... So yeah, no, I mean it was my my second pick for Nate was Joel Edgerton. Okay, yeah. And that cuz I feel like uh, a young John Voight and Joel Edgerton kind of look very much alike or have very similar features, but I just felt like Ewan McGregor could bring that role more than him. So that that was kind of my push towards Ewan. But yeah, Ewan McGregor, I I'm pretty proud of it. I I don't think it's as good as Michael Shannon. I think you win this one, uh, Steve. I mean, unless David really blows us away with something, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm still proud of my my pick. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I I thought when um, when that one came through, I was like, yeah, I could I could definitely see that. I mean, you McGregor can kind of play anyone from anywhere. You know, he's good at accents and and um, can easily pull pull off as you know kind of uh, American or somebody who's been in. Um, been in prison before and has that kind of status i think so um so yeah i th- I thought that was a that was a really good pick too yeah i liked it i um i don't like it as much as mine and so <laughs> i will say that originally i thought i had the perfect pick with mads mickelson um because i think i saw a picture of him with long slick back hair and i was like well that works that was a big key to me was that you needed to look good with long hair and so my pick that I ended up with was Clive Owen because I found a picture of him with longer hair and I was like, okay, it doesn't look ridiculous because I'd never seen him that mm. way before. Clive um, Owen. But he's like the perfect age. He has the perfect... Nate has this very even keel temperament and Clive Owen has that, right? And then I was also talking to a friend. I was like, what is Clive Owen's American accent sound like? And he's like, well, just think inside, man. And I was like, okay, yeah, that works. Um... And so, yeah, I just, I love him in this. I think he's the right build, height. I don't know if, if he's exactly what John Voight is, but I think he just has the right body type for it. And just as a fixer that's cool and calm. And, you know, imagine Clive Owen kind of telling the cops and inside man to fuck off. And then, you know, imagine Nate telling Hannah to fuck off for years and years after the 96 bank robbery. Like, I think he fits kind of perfectly into that role. Alan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm looking at pictures of long-haired Clive Owen, and 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 I don't hate it. I I I don't like it as much as mine or yours, Steve. But I, you know what? I think for what it's worth, I think our Nate pick, all three of us, were pretty solid. So I think you should have gone with Mass Mickelson on this one. Um, David, I can't. No, not for me. No, I can't. Can't see Clive Owen playing this part. I don't think. Um, Just get that British Clive thing. Owen hate out of your heart. No, no, it's not. I don't. I don't hate. I don't hate Clive Owen at all. I think he's a. I think he's a very good actor, and I think he. You know, I. I'm sorry that he hasn't been in more stuff since, kind of Inside Man and and things like that, but for this part, no, I just I just can't see it at all. It's not the. It's not because he's British or anything. I just can't. He's you know he's. I suppose Nate's suave as well. I'll say he's quite suave, but he's not suave in a, you know, <laughs> drinking 
Clavassier at midday and kind of the look that um, John Voight had in in the film. Um, yeah, just just for me, I just can't I can't picture it just myself. But that's that's just me. I could be wrong. I don't know. Probably Mads is pretty suave too. Yeah, but he's just got the, the more of a look. I think to him, there's you know I can yeah. see him with the dimples in the the kind of you know the pop marks and stuff and and that kind of thing. Um, I agree with you on that, but also I love Clive Owen and he hasn't yeah, yeah. been in enough. He hasn't been in enough recently, and I was like, this yeah. could this could help. Yeah, his his renaissance. I completely agree with you there. No, he should. Um, I wonder if not not being um, not being picked for Bond um, instead like instead of. Um, Instead of Daniel Craig, really, really affected him or his career. I don't know, but um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I just can't. I can't see it. But I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm still waiting for uh, a sequel to the International. So <laughs> um, he was amazing in Inside Man, though. I, I, I have to agree with you there, and also uh, Closer as well. If you've ever seen that, he was he was great in that. Um, Okay, moving moving swiftly on from that dreadful dreadful pick. Um, we're gonna go... <laughs> it is a British thing. We're gonna go to um, we're gonna go to Charlene slash Cinnamon, um, played by Ashley Judd in Heat. Um, yeah, so this was um, there was only one person I had in I had in mind for this um, for this pick, and it's definitely it's definitely not a British thing because this is a this is a very well respected British actress um and I think when I first started doing the podcast I did a thing where I was like I put up like a a recasting of Heat um and she was the person I put in then as 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 the Charlene role I just I just think she's she's perfect got a perfect look can do the age thing really well um so it would be uh Jodie Comer who um was in uh Killing Eve I think she was in Free Guy as well I haven't seen it but I think that was her kind of first step into Hollywood Um, and the duel as well with uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Um, so, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, as soon as I just kind of thought about it, it was she was the first person that came to mind, and I couldn't couldn't think of anyone else who who would be better. Really, um, it's a as in as with the film, it's not the the biggest of parts, but it's a very important one. Um, she's someone who you know is beautiful, but you know kind of one of those people that walks into a room and everybody kind of looks at her but she's also got her own um her own kind of issues and 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 baggage and um and someone who has to work very well with the um with the with the actor who plays who plays Chris obviously so i just think that she would completely nail this and and maybe steal some of the scenes that that she was in so so yeah that's why i went for Jodie Comer with the um Charlene/Cinnamon pick yeah, I think yeah, that's a great one. First, pretty good. You know, I was yeah. thinking of Lily James for for uh, Cinnamon, mm-hmm. and then I thought, you know what? Maybe she doesn't have that great of an ass. So, <laughs> so um, I uh, <laughs> I ended up picking Jennifer Lawrence. Who has got a great ass? Yes, yes, um, but that, that is not why. I feel like between the time skips of of um, 96, 88, 2000, J-Law can really look younger and more mature uh, with, with just the right makeup, the right lighting, and that kind of switch very easily. And I just feel like she would bring the attitude, um, her, her role in uh, American Hustler. Hustle. Hustle, yeah. 
The Hustle? Is it called The Hustle? American, American Hustle. Hustle. Yeah, American Hustle. Okay. Um, I think that that was my real inspiration for picking her for her role in that. So, yeah, my, uh, my girl's J-Law. So, I... I uh... I don't know if you saw this, Steve, but I sent you like four names for this. This is the one that was yeah. kind of like the most fun for me. And one thing I'll say real quick, these these two people have such baggage right now that I didn't want to put them in, but Johnny Depp would make a great Nate and Amber Heard would make almost a perfect Charlene, <laughs> but like they're just not going to get cast in this and I can't cast them in this. Um, and then I thought Margot Robbie would be uh, probably too famous for this role at this point now um so she was someone i took out um originally i had my second choice which was dakota johnson i was like oh she's absolutely perfect and then sort of like clive owen i was like you know what i want Teresa palmer in this who i first saw in i am number four um and then in just a, a few other things back in like during that time period and i think she would just kind of be perfect for it um she has the look i think she's also can play both ages the 2000 and the the 88 i think the 88 is probably the more important role because in 2000 yeah. she it's mostly phone calls um so i think she would just be absolutely perfect for this and once again it was someone who i was like i want you to get like a big a big part so it's like i want to put her in there dakota johnson is someone who's like kind of grown on me like where you know, I had Jamie Dornan earlier. It would have been funny to have both, but like, <laughs> you know, they start out doing. Have you like, seen a? Have you watched Fifty Shades of Grey recently, David? No, I haven't. But um, I did watch. She was in um, a movie with Olivia Coleman last year. I can't. The Lost Daughter, and um, she's great in that. Um, I didn't enjoy the movie overall, but for reasons. But she's perfect in it. So, but once again, I wanted to give Teresa Palmer some shine because I love her. And I think she'd be great in this role, like so. Mm. What are your thoughts, Alan? Because I don't, I don't really know Teresa Palmer. I, I, I think I've seen no, her in a couple I... of things, and I, and I thought, you know, absolutely, absolutely fine. Didn't have a kind of opinion either way, really. Um, but yeah, what, what did you have any particular thoughts on that one? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Steve. I, I I've seen her in, in a couple of things, but I'm not like I, I never invested my, myself in her career. Um, I, well, you should have. I am. That's, I, you're wrong. I mean, she's she is she is a good-looking woman, no doubt about that. I'm just I, I'm looking at her IMDb right now and and her info, and I was like, okay, yeah, I could I could see it. I mean, um, well, castings. Uh, Ashley Ashley Judd has this such this like this. The look about her is so kind of mm -hmm. unique, and yet yeah. like it's unique yet like classically like beautiful. Yeah, and then you throw in the southern accent, which is kind of like Amber Heard's from Texas. So like, I feel like she, had little, you know, could have handled that part. Uh, I was like really looking like where are these people from and can they do accents? And then I was like, no, fuck it, Teresa Palmer from Australia. That's you're, who I want. Getting, of my Jennifer Lawrence pick or Steve. What did you think of my Jennifer Lawrence pick? Because I, I, they, Ashley Judd and her both got like the chubby cheeks going on, which, which I feel like is a. A Which staple cheeks. for this character. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. You know, this would be a good. Um, you know, she's obviously taken some time off. You know, she's had a kid and everything. This would be a great role for her to kind of get back, uh, get back into things. I could, I could definitely see it. I'm, I'm a fan of Jennifer Lawrence, so um, 
I, I just kind of, I think I maybe more envisioned it, envisioned, what is wrong with us today, envisioned it for um, for maybe someone just, just of, a, of a lower uh, stature in Hollywood, that was all. Maybe it's just like a breakthrough performance for someone. Um, that was the only mm. thing, but yeah, I could definitely see her her playing it, and you know she could she can play most things. So um, I think she'd be she'd be great, and she would have um, good a good chemistry with. Um, hang on a second, let's just go down. Yeah, she would have good chemistry with with my Chris, I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, um, your guys too. So so yeah, no, I could I could definitely see it. I, I agree with you with like the breakout role, but I was thinking of her more of a comeback role instead of a breakout yes. role. With that's her, what I was know. trying to say. Yes, or I didn't I didn't articulate that very well. But yeah, no, I could I could see it for that reason too. So all right, good job, everyone. David, do you have any thoughts on on Jennifer Lawrence? No, I didn't see it. I mean, I didn't see it, um, and she might be a little too famous for the role. I don't. It's it's like how big are you going to make this role? Because she has the what two or three scenes in the opening and then she has the phone calls later so i i don't that's why i was like oh margot robbie would be great but she's not going to take it um but it's not who i pictured but yeah it obviously works i think j-law can do many things so but um yeah she's I, not who I, I pictured i like our decision or, or like the reason for our decisions for for these it's like can do they look like the character can they act like the character and then would my fake budget for my fake movie support my decision in, a- in hiring this person? There's a lot of thought that has to go into these things, isn't there? I can't pay twenty million dollars for a person to play a hooker for three scenes. Like I just we can't afford it. Well, <laughs> because yeah, she made I think she made twenty or twenty five million dollars for Don't Look Up. Like was what I read recently. So that yeah, she's not going to get this part. Um. Okay, so maybe the um, this was definitely the the toughest. Well, sorry, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the toughest choice, but it was the toughest decision because I had two two actors uh, in mind for this role. So this is Chris. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his surname. Shahirulis. Sh- Sh- um, yeah, that's what I got. Sh- uh who was played by Val Kilmer, um, very very well in uh in heat uh one probably one of his his best performances i was listening to the um episode of cinephiles uh talking about heat the other day and one of i think it was i think it was john on it was saying this is maybe like the absolute hottest val kilmer ever in his whole career in every single way the most attractive looking the most um, he's like at his hottest point in like career wise. He's just coming off the mm. doors. It's just before I, Batman. Um, I disagree. I disagree. And um, and yeah, so I think I I have to agree with that one myself. Um, what what did you, what's your kind of highlight of uh, of Val Kilmer's career? The hottest the hottest that Val Kilmer has ever been is in the movie Top Secret. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Each to his own. Um, but um, so yeah. This, have you this... seen Have you seen him hunt lions in Africa in the Ghost in the Darkness? Oh Cause... yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Um, he also played John Holmes as well. You know, so you know, hot, hot there too. Um, right. Yeah, and and don't knock his appearance in Maverick. Come on. Oh, that was heartbreaking. That was I did shed a tear at that one. Yeah, um... what the fuck is wrong with you, Alon? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, 
Um, so Chris Scherherlis, um from from Heat, played by Val Kilmer, is probably the the lead. Would probably be the lead character in Heat Two, I would imagine. Would you guys think just from yeah. how the book came out? Definitely um, screen time wise. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, this is a so it's a very complex character, unlikable, likable, um, attractive. You know, has to do a lot of things in the film. Um, very kind of specific age. So this is this is one that you I think you need a real um, actor with great acting chops, but also can can pull off the rest of it too. So in the end, I went with Aaron Taylor Johnson on this one. Um, going through a bit of a hot phase himself at the minute so I haven't seen Bullet Train but I know he was in that and he's playing um, he's going to be in the next is it the next Spider-Man film or one of the next MCU films I think as well um, oh yeah I think it's a, it's not an MCU film it's a it's one it's one of those you know very successful Sony um, Spider-Man villain films Craven the Hunter isn't it that's that's who he's playing isn't it I think yes those yes. movies yes. make hundreds of millions of dollars somehow along so they are very successful <laughs> Yes, but but your use of somehow is kind of my point. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, so yeah, I could just see him in this. There's a lot of talk in it about the the way the way that um, Chris looks in the film. There's a way in which he carries himself. There's a way in which he's a kind of um, expert about certain things. Very cool. Very uh, very attractive. Win people over. Um, very charismatic, but also has this dark edge to him. So, yeah. It was. I'm still undecided between the two, to be honest with you. Um, so I had to. I had to put it to my wife and a couple of friends. I was like, right, who would you guys pick out of these, these two? And they they all went Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, so so yeah, that's who I'm going with for um, for Chris Sherless in Heat Two. What was the other one? I'll 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 mention at the end. Oh okay. okay. Um, no, I thought I thought your I thought Aaron I thought your pick was good, like really good. So. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'd watch that. I'd watch that a hundred percent. And British again, you know, he's gonna, you know. So there's no, there's no. We British. definitely hit the the aisles with this. Like our picks yeah. are very leaning to. It's almost like we were trying to like butter you up by like, all right, we got to pick, we got to get British, <laughs> Irish, Scottish people. We got to like make it all through this movie. Yeah. But just um, who I went with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, along I. Go for it with yours because I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you got to say about about your pick on this one. Thanks. Yeah. So I picked Glenn Powell, um, who, you know, I I kind of felt guilty picking him because he basically played the uh, same character as Val Kilmer um, in Top Gun um, in Maverick. Um, and he plays Hangman in the new Top Gun Maverick, but. He, I've seen him in so many other things. Uh, one of my wife's favorite movies um, is um, Everybody oh, Wants sh- Some. Everybody Wants Some. Thank you, David. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so... I know your wife better than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know the, the name of the movie of my wife's favorite movie better than me, but let's leave it at that. Um, but yeah, so Everybody Wants Some, and then he was... Um, he was in a couple others that I just I think he's so dynamic. I, I, I think he he calls attention to himself in a good way whenever he shows up on screen. So I think he has the chops to be a uh, I think he has the chops to be a leading man. Um, but as far as like the right age, the blonde hair, the charisma, I think it just really 
Yeah, I uh, um, really fit. This was my second pick, and honestly, it may have been my first, but I told I told Alon, I called him the other day, and I was like, so I have this pick for this, but I think he might be too young. I was like, you know the guy from Maverick, and Alon just like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so I let I let Alon keep that with Glenn Powell, even though I like this is the category where I think all three of our picks are probably the best where I agree with all three the most. Yes. But, but I really agree with mine the most. Cause when I thought of this guy, I was like, this <laughs> is perfect. Um, so I chose Charlie Hunnam who most recently we may have all seen in the gentleman. Alan hasn't seen it. I don't know. Have Steve, have you seen the gentleman? I've seen bits of the gentleman. Um, but no, I haven't seen it all the way through. You got to watch the whole thing. It's on, it's on Netflix and here now. I don't know if it's there, but like, yeah, He's, he's so great in that, and I think he just has this... One, he has kind of the look, but two, the charisma. The age is, I think, pretty perfect where he could play the young and the old. Um, I would just love to see him in this role. This seems the type of role that he probably needs as well as an actor to really... Cause he seems like he's he's been on the precipice of getting into that kind of like higher echelons in Hollywood for a while where he gets those big... Um, he gets those big roles, so I think he needs something like this to really just like catapult him up. Um, obviously, he didn't want to do um, Fifty Shades of Grey in the end, did he? That went to uh, Jamie Dornan, but I think that was quite late on. I think he was cast for a while, wasn't he? Um, right. But yeah, no, I think I think that's a, I think that's a really good pick. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of Charlie Hannum. I think he's great, and yeah, he needs. I think he needs a um, a role like this to for his career really. So uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely a fan of that one. I, I like that pick. I think I think he's a bit too old, but I, I you know, it's Hollywood, so does age really even matter? Um Well he's forty two but he looks like he's thirty five most of the time, so Yeah, that I mean but I mean no, I like that pick and, and we 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 all pick absolute studs, you know? I think so. Yeah, we all got the um, on the right track. I think, and yeah, Glenn Powell. When I, again, I was a bit like I've only seen him in in Top Gun Maverick. Definitely, obviously, got the look straight straight off. Um, haven't really seen him do too much more. Um, has he been in much dramatic stuff, or is he mainly kind of like a slightly comedic actor? Has he been in anything where he's kind of shown some drama chops? Um, so, in Everybody Wants Some, that's definitely a comedy. That's definitely more like. Um like a like a college uh weed kind of movie okay right? yeah um but he he was in the expendables and he was in the dark knight uh rises um oh, was he who's he in the dark knight rises he was one of the <laughs> he <laughs> he was one of the stockbrokers that got absolutely punched in the face by one of bane's henchmen when they were taking over the stock uh trades oh okay right not not a big problem um, yeah no, not a big role. Not a big role. I think but, this would be um, one of his. I think this would be a big dramatic, dramatic turn for him. I agree, but okay. I also think, I think he could handle it. He has he like, it. he has like the perfect charisma for this role. Mm. Um, yeah, but he he is like so naturally funny too that that's probably why he's mostly doing the other stuff. But um, yeah, no, I I think he's a perfect pick for this as well. And and Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, like all of the book, especially. There's a lot of Chris lines that are delivered almost with like a shit eating grin and this like just right. deserved confidence. Wise and I think, thing, yeah. And I think all three of our guys do that. Yeah, 
Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the next character to um, to cast is that of Neil McCauley, who was played um, fantastically by Robert De Niro in the film Heat. Um, so, obviously, in Heat 2, no spoilers being given away here. Um, they're only... He's only in the um, 1988 section um, of Heat 2. Obviously, he's mentioned uh, quite a bit throughout and is kind of a bit of a spectre of the whole thing, as one of the guys mentioned earlier. Um, so for me, on this one, I, I did find this one quite tough um, because how can you... It's you know it's quite a daunting thing, obviously, to, uh, to, to get someone to, to play a role that Robert De Niro played so perfectly well. Um, but maybe the modern day De Niro-esque actor for me um, somebody who hasn't actually acted for a while he's been trying to make a new second career for himself in like NASCAR or something um, is Michael Fassbender um, so similar to a couple of the other picks I, I did earlier this is someone who can who can do anything you know they've um, he's he's played um, he's played absolutely despicable um, psychotic characters before, but also those who are maybe more light-hearted and and maybe slightly funny at times as well. Um, so I think he could definitely play this character. I think and put his own spin on it so that it is different from um, from what De Niro did in Heat. And um, and uh, yeah, I think just someone who kind of gives that kind of because obviously De Niro is not a not a big guy, but just with his experience and his attitude and his um, professionalism that he plays um, uh, Macaulay with he's got a, a fear factor about him and a respect factor about him that anyone around him will, will follow him or be attracted to him or, or he'll affect in some way as we discussed earlier so I think Michael Fassbender can, can also do that and has it in spades so um, so yeah just an actor I'd love to see in, in something um, as well because uh, he hasn't acted for a while so, so yeah that's why I went with him for, for that pick This, honestly, was hard for me to agree with you on. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's just... Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you that he is a fantastic actor. Um, and maybe it is because I haven't seen him in, in if, you know, things recently that I, that it's, it's harder for me to kind of pick up on his, on his nuances. But, but yeah, I just, um... I don't know, David. What do you think? No, I think you do a great job. Yeah, I love Fassbender. So it's it's hard to see him as De Niro, but once again, who are you going to find to look like De Niro? Um, you're not going to find Robert De Niro, so you're picking another great actor for the role. I like Fassbender uh, in general, so yeah, I'd, I'd be fine seeing him in this. It wasn't my pick. Mm. You'll see my pick in a second, but no, I, I thought it was good. I, I I'm with you. I can I can understand where you come from, Alan. Definitely because um, it's I, even though I'd like I I think he could do it so well, and and he was my ultimate pick. It's I don't I'm not a hundred percent on it. You know, I could be argued into someone else if they put on a if a, if a good argument is put up. It's just you know I wanted someone that I would like to see, and I think could could take the the weight of it you know much like I suppose much like De Niro did in Godfather 2 playing the role that um, the younger role that um, Marlon Brando played but um, yeah. yeah I don't know I just think someone who's I just think he's up to the task I suppose and, and could could put his own stamp on it but again it's it's a tough it's a tough one to, to do I think 
No, it is, it is. And it's not like I'm not totally shutting it down because I do think he's a really talented actor. I, for me, it's just I'm I'm hesitant on it. Mm-hmm. That that's that's just it comes down at that point to just opinion. Of know? course. So, of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, um, my opinion, um, and I'm actually quite proud of this one because I, I spent a while trying to figure out who I thought could could do this. But I picked John Berthnall. And I thought John Bernthal was uh, kind of encompasses this uh, outlaw type of character very well, but also has like his own reasons and his own morality for doing the things that he does. So um, just, you know, take, I think a a really good example of this is Punisher, Um, but also in like more roles like, uh, his uh, oh, it's a. I only saw the first episode, but it's his his new show on Showtime. Gigolo, yeah, American Gigolo, Gig- American Gigolo, yeah, something like that, where he he can play a bit more suave, but also he's this kind of like gritty kind of guy too, right? So I felt like I felt, and if you look at a young picture of him and a young picture of De Niro, mm-hmm. they got kind of the same kind of features going too, and I I don't know, I I was really proud of my. John Bernthal casting for him. I think you should be. I think you should be definitely. I, it was someone who I considered. It was one of my um, my the people that I was kind of flip flopping, but between um, definitely for the for the look. Um, I think the only thing that was kind of like holding me back on him was the. Is he a good enough actor to do it? And I don't mean that in like a. Uh, you watch yourself mm. right there. Let me careful where you tread. Let me let me let me just let me just try to explain it. I I was trying to think of someone who I who I think of as a um, just a, a, an amazing actor who could do anything. And I just uh, when I was thinking about it, when I was making the decision, I was kind of like, is is he? Have I seen him? In, I, maybe it's just I haven't seen him enough stuff. I was just kind of like, could he really do that? But then, but then. I thought of his part in um, in Sicario. I don't know if you. Oh, you guys have seen that. Obviously, you've done you've done an yes, episode yeah. on it. He yes. um, he plays that part so well because he has to go through like a complete myriad of emotions and and ways of making you feel, like you feel you know there's something about him. So he, he kind of plays that kind of um, there's an intensity to him. There's a mysteriousness about him. You hate him for what he's doing. You kind of feel slightly sorry for him in it as well. And it's only in a span of what five or ten minutes. Um, and then yeah. in um, uh, you know the Wolf of Wall Street, maybe that's a slightly one note character, but he does there's certain um, different brushes to that one as well. Um, so I think he, I think he, so yeah, I think he definitely could. And for the looks wise, I think that's. It's a great piece. He's kind of yeah, looks a bit like De Niro from from then as well. Um, so yes, no, he, so he definitely was probably is like he was one of the first people I thought for this, and so I mentioned it to Alana once again. He was like, "No, shut the fuck up!" Like, no, that's mine. <laughs> I picked him first, and I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. You can have him." I, I what's great about Bernthal is he plays a lot of piece of shit characters, and then you hear him interviewed in real life or talk in real life and he's maybe one of the nicest people I've ever heard talk like just he just everything about him you can tell he's just like a genuinely good person so just from that right there it's like okay he's like this really nice guy who plays these bad characters but yeah he plays so many different things and he's believable in all of them so I like that pick 
Now, what I did was I was like, hey, who do I respect that has decided that they know who the next Robert De Niro is? And that's Martin Scorsese. And Martin Scorsese would tell you that you, you cast Leonardo DiCaprio in this role. And so that's my pick. Oh, wow. You can't, you can't, you can't pick, Ooh. you can't pick Leonardo DiCaprio in this role. From I how, just did. From however you want to do it. In real life, you can't. <laughs> you say money-wise? In, in, in whatever way, yeah. Money, size, well, I, size I, of the part. Um, I will tell you this, though. If you have DiCaprio, <clears throat> first of all, if DiCaprio is helping get this thing produced and financed, he's getting paid on that back end of it, so then he's more willing. And then... You also have the fact that, what's it called, um, Killers of the Flower Moon that's coming out. It's Scorsese's uh-huh. next movie. Yeah. And he has basically taken, he was the lead role, and he's now taking a side role to let Jesse Plemons have the lead role. Um, and you've seen him in Quentin Tarantino's movie, so he will play a good, smaller part. And so him overtaking a De Niro role, I just think is, I think he would do it. I mean, because, yeah, it's, it's the smaller part in this movie. But if you think about it in the Heat universe, there's only there's two parts you think about when you think about Heat, and so he's overtaking one of those. So I I, I mean, given the killer the killers of the Flower Moon thing, I think he would do it. You know, but then that makes me think that wouldn't you just want Scorsese to direct Heat too? Because I kind of do now. No, I want <laughs> Michael Michael Mann to direct a Michael Mann he was movie. Also you know, I like it. I th- I think it's just crazy enough to work. Um, <laughs> Let's get the crew together. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. No. You know. I mean. I think it's good. I think it's it's an it's an interesting pick. I I feel. I still think uh, mine's better, um, but that's okay. I, I. De Niro and Caprio. De Niro and DiCaprio. You know, their names are almost alike too i don't know it, it might work um it, it, it's kind of one of those things when you think of robert de niro and you think of his other roles how well could leonardo dicaprio fall into his other roles and i don't think it well at all <laughs> so it's just it's a it's a big step for me to to flawlessly imagine him in that but I see David's point, and I think acting chops-wise, he'll have no problem with it. So I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. Um, acting chop-wise, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I just can't. Again, there's another one. I just can't see it. I just can't. I, I get. I totally get the the reasoning behind it, and and obviously he could. He could. You know, the character is probably the the best. Maybe you know, arguably the best working actor around nowadays but um i don't know i just don't i just i just can't i can't see i can't see him and i'm probably just forgetting something where he has done this but just being that lead figure that has that kind of aura about him you know it's i could maybe see him more doing the the vincent hannah role you know where he's got like a who plays really good characters that have got ticks or have got something something else going on, you know? Um, but just playing that kind of stoic, not much happening, um, apart from like the intensity of it, I don't know. I just I just can't I just can't see it myself. 
I mean... A leader I, of men. A leader of men. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe I can't see him as a leader of men. I mean, he left the mm. entire uh, the entire Wolf of Wall Street. He was a pretty good leader mm. of men there. Yeah, I suppose he was there, I suppose. But that, again, he was, he was playing a bombastic, um, high on drugs character. This guy hasn't got that kind of stuff. It's his inner... It's his inner kind of, you know, strength and stoicism. That yeah, I, I, I'm starting to see Steve's point more. It's like, think of like uh, Monsieur Candy in, uh, mm. in Django Unchained. He, he's a character who is full of these impulses and these, um, you know, sinful habits. And, and uh, he plays those characters really well. But Neil is a, is a man of, of discipline and patience and it's yeah it's a reach i think but i think it's still an it's a very interesting pick i mm. it's yeah yeah i didn't i didn't expect it and i think that's why i liked it so much at, at the when you first said it because it was kind of like a shock to me to like accept it and then being like oh okay yeah <laughs> so i think DiCaprio plays a lot of characters that are more internal maybe not the whole movie but in parts of the movie right um so the departed um is one of them gatsby he has these very like internal points and then he has these kind of explosions um but you know there's nothing there's not like a character more represented as like debonair and you know internal than than gatsby especially like when you have like the the narrator being um what's the other guy's name the great gatsby i can't remember so but also just the idea that toby mcguire yeah, I said in the in the movie. Not I know who Tobey <laughs> Maguire is. Um, but I just think I don't know. I think he'd honestly he could do whatever. So the fact that he's played role like that, this is just a more internal, reserved role. It's like yeah, you could, could just dye Gosling's hair, and we'll just have Gosling from Drive play it. I wouldn't mind it, but no, I think DiCaprio literally can do anything he wants, and I don't even think I think this would be light work for him, honestly. Like Steve's first point about you probably can't even get him in it, I think is more relevant than he can't play the character. No, I don't think I don't think Steve or I is saying that he can't play the character. Well, you better he fucking not be Elon. <laughs> I think that's undoubtedly like not not even a not even an argument. But I think it's it's the do we feel it in our souls? Um, and the answer is no. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for coming in, David. <laughs> okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I was hoping for a bit of debate here. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for those. Let's move swiftly on um, to maybe the most important role, possibly, um, in possibly. Vincent Hanna uh, played to Chef's Kiss Perfection by Al Pacino in Heat given us so much in that performance um, so yeah so obviously this character um, spans through the whole book has some very important moments um, you see as we kind of discussed earlier in the in the episode um, different sides to him and again um, is will be good for an actor who can put their own stamp on on this um, on this uh, character so Again, this was another tough one. I found the, the I found the De Niro and Pacino replacement ones quite quite tough. Um, so for this one, I went with Adrian Brody um, 
No, I kind of looked at it at first as more of a peripheral pick. I was kind of more just trying to get an idea of where I wanted to go. But then the more I thought about it and the more I looked at him, I just thought, A, you've got a great actor there. B, you've got an actor who can... Um, he's not defined by anything, so he can't, like... is not someone who you think of maybe a particular a particular role or a particular style of acting or a particular type of character that he plays maybe oh, I don't anyway um, he can play various types of things um, I think he's got the right look for it um, you know he's, he's growing out he's growing older very well um, and um, yeah I could just I can just see it I can just see him doing the bombastic crazy stuff I can see him putting his own stamp on it I can see him having good uh, chemistry with the other um, with the other actors that are in the film and um, yeah as a good kind of foil for um, whoever they picked to play the um, the, the bad guy um, so yeah I just thought it was a I just thought it was a tough tough choice that we had to make for it and um, I think he was as good as as um, I can maybe get for for that role um, there are a couple others that I, I would be just as happy with but I think he just has that extra something about him that um yeah could really could really play it uh do it justice so i went with adrian brody what do you guys think um i so when we were doing this and we got your picks before we get sent you ours and i like found this photo of adrian brody online i was like I was like, I almost imagine that Steve saw this photo of Adrian Brody with the beard <laughs> and slick back hair and when he made his choice. David, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, you might have even Googled the same thing I did, but and I was like that that you know, the look of it. I also think Yeah, Adrian Brody's like weird because I think somehow he's like under respected and underappreciated and then other times like maybe I don't know like he is properly like people properly realize how good he is um it's different it's not even it's not something i would have ever chosen but i definitely think he could handle it just um the more um bombastic parts of hannah is the only thing i would be concerned mm -hmm. with so yeah um but no yeah the look wise definitely and then yeah he's he's an actor he can act yeah I think I, I have the same the same opinion in, in, in which like unlike Fassbender where I don't think the look is there but the acting is I think Adrian for me yeah the look is definitely there but can he pull off some of the real like uh, not not that can he pull off some of the big moments from Pacino's character but can he do it as well as Pacino is mm -hmm. you know or, or come close to it that I don't know that I haven't seen that side of Adrian Brody for for like the the stuff that I remember him seeing him in he's like this pensive kind of character mm. he's always this kind of tragic sad character but is he this can he pull off off the wall um, stuff and that I don't know that I'm not that confident in but everything else about it I I like that pick so Cool. So, That's good. If yeah. I was a if I was a casting director, I'd be like, okay, Adrian Brody, thanks for coming in today. Um, really, show me what you got, and then hopefully he'll yell back at me, show me what you got. Give me all you got. <laughs> hey, the impressions are over. Just give it up. <laughs> um, cool. No, thank you guys. I know it's not when I, even when I was kind of like putting it down, I was kind of like, that's not the most like 
awe-inspiring pick. I, I think probably people would just look at it and go, hmm, Adrian Brody, okay. Um, maybe not feel kind of too uh, kind of negative or positive about it, maybe just a little bit vanilla. But yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, I I can see how people might think that. But yeah, I just for me, I, it felt right. But yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. What, where did you go, Alan? <sighs> okay, so it's funny because I've had like, dreams about this episode and recording with you and then I'm like waking up in the in the middle of the night being like oh maybe I should email him with a different pick of this character or like oh no this was a mistake and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna stick to it and I'm just gonna go where you know go where my decision took me so I picked Ben Barnes for uh, the role of Vincent Hanna and the reason is is because uh, the Punisher show, and it all comes back to the Punisher show. And I thought, you know, I'm picking John as as the uh, uh, Neil character, and you know, I was really trying to pick an actor that that not only looked like De Niro, but also encom- encompassed the crazed uh, feeling that De Niro can bring. And so then thinking back to like what else has John been in as far as like the Punisher goes, um, the the foil for him in, in that show is played by Ben Barnes. And I was thinking, you know what? I think he could actually bring it. I think from what I've seen him uh, do in the Punisher series, he can go from zero to a hundred like that. And I think that's kind of what you need for this character. He is this like, you don't know if he's gonna kiss you or snap your neck. And I think that's kind of what I wanted for the Vincent um, Hannah character. So yeah, I I went with, uh, with Ben Barnes, but I had some pretty good like second and third options too. If, if uh... well, first, I'm sorry. First, I wanna know, what, what do you guys think of my pick? David, go ahead. Yeah, I have never seen a single thing Ben Barnes has been in. <laughs> it's kind of why it's brilliant, though, right? I've seen one or two things, um, but not much. So that's why when it came through, I was a bit like I had to double check who it was because I had him, I had him mixed up between two people. Um, I so yeah, I like the idea of someone of his um, stature in however you want to call it actor ranks or or kind of you know, Hollywood lists of someone maybe um, not as well known or mm-hmm. hasn't, you know, isn't, yeah, maybe more known for TV or something rather than film. Um, it's definitely a different pick, I think, than a lot of people would make. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on it at all because um, he very much could, could do it. Um, but yeah, I don't have enough knowledge of, of Ben Barnes to have a a strong opinion, really. Um, I thought maybe you might just go a, someone a little bit more more well-known, more established, but I think it could definitely be something. That is one way I think you could go, with, even if, especially if it goes into a miniseries, um, uh, possibly, of yeah, having someone who can go there and hasn't got any baggage to them and, and can just, just do it. So, um, so yeah. Bra- so, brave and interesting another, pick. another pick that I had for um, Vincent Hanna is kind of my number two was Joaquin Phoenix. Mm, okay. Okay. That would be... Pro- uh, probably should have been your number one. 
I, I would have led with that. Um, no, you know what? I'm I'm not scared of taking a chance um, because I I genuinely think that as far as like the dynamic between I was thinking of more the dynamic between who would be good with with my um, Neil um, and I thought you know Ben Barnes would be better than than Joaquin Phoenix, but I think Joaquin Phoenix is just a bit too old, but. Um, but maybe it'll work, especially since we jump all the way to the year two thousand. You know, so yeah. I mean, having having someone who play, it's a twelve year age difference, so it, you're always going to have someone who's unless you chose someone right in the middle, it's always going to be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, how good is Joaquin Phoenix? You know, as an actor, you could if you just saying that, I'd be like, yeah, definitely. If you see, you picked him for Neil McCauley, I'd be like, yeah, definitely, you could do that as well. So. Um, yeah, I could I could definitely see him see him doing either character. I think. Well, damn! I should have just number one that one. But okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm gonna mention both of mine because this was probably the toughest decision, um, and it came down to who do I think's the better actor versus who do I think could better do the role, and so I think. Colin Farrell is the better actor but I think one, I mean one, he could get chosen for this just because of the Michael Mann connection with um, Miami Vice but then two, you have him as a cop in Miami Vice and uh, True Detective Season 2 and so then you kind of already have that view of like what he looks like as a cop and and neither of those was like financially successful, I don't think Um, I think True Detective was but critically it was the worst Yeah, I still think it was good. But anyway, so then I went with who I thought could play maybe the role a little better. And once again, the bombastic parts of Al Pacino in that role, I don't know who could do it great, who could do it perfectly. Um, But like the quiet, the brooding part, the internal part. So I went with Killian Murphy, um, who I just think is like a tremendous actor overall. And so I, the, the bigger parts of Hannah may be a stretch, but I think he could handle it. And I just think overall he would be kind of perfect for this but either either of those two I would be happy to see as Hannah um, but yeah I just went with Killian Murphy I um, I had Colin Farrell as my second pick for um, for the Vincent Har- Hannah one and, and from what I've read um, kind of online I, I think you're completely right David I think he'll definitely be one of the top one or two choices to play to play that character in, in however he too comes comes along Um I think it's already been talked about. Um, yeah, Killian Murphy, I, I, I love it. I think he could. I think he could definitely do it. I think maybe he might be better suited to the Macaulay character, just as from what he's done previously. Um, but then that's not to say that he couldn't do the um, the Hannah one, because yeah, I think similar to Adrian Brody, maybe if you haven't seen, if you're unsure about him doing it, um, you maybe just need to see him do it and and, and then um, take it as it comes, really. But. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have no problem with it at all. I think he's a great actor, and um, yeah, could play could play both parts um, easily. And one thing you have to get out of your mind with this is the fact that you're not going to see them together. Yes. So like that yes. that is like one thing you have to be like, oh well, it doesn't matter. You're not matching these two up. It doesn't matter. They're they're separate in this universe in this part of the universe. Exactly. I uh, I do want to mention one more thing is. Uh, Steve, have you have you watched Stranger Things? Are you a I, fan of Stranger Things? I am, yeah. Okay. 
Do you know the character of Billy in Stranger Things played by Dacre Montgomery? Yes. Okay, I had him as my number two for my Chris. Okay, yeah, I can definitely see that. That yeah, was another one where too. I was like, I was like, Alana, I have this pick from Stranger Things, but I think he's too young. And he was like, fuck you. <laughs> I, could, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I didn't, I think maybe I looked at him, I might have looked at him for it as well, possibly. Um, but my one that I was really torn with um, between Aaron Taylor-Johnson and, and um, someone else for it was um, Jack O'Connell. He's a British actor. Oh, you guys dude. know him? Have you oh, seen yeah. Startup? Yes, I actually yes. fucking love him as Jodie Comer. I was like oh, Jack O'Connell, definitely. And then just as I thought about him a bit more, I was kind of like, Chris has to be a bit more, um, uh, especially towards the end of end of the book, is a bit more kind of you know suave, clean cut. Obviously, yeah. can do anything. And and Jack O'Connell's just he's got that roughness to him, like you know. Um, but he could easily do it as well, I think. But yeah, he they were the two I was really I was really torn between. So I am. Um... I mentioned a lot of my my seconds when I was doing this, but um, so for I, I teased that I had a different uh, Tom Sizemore, Michael Chirito, but I had my pick would be John Bernthal for that role, just the menacing, the stare, um, the muscle aspect of it. I think he is like a perfect Tom Sizemore. That may be a little bit too small of a role for him. It would just see how the the heat too would pan out. Um, but that's who I picked. And then my friend Garrett, I told him I would mention this because he wouldn't shut up about it, but he wanted Pablo Schreiber as the Tom Sizemore character. You know, when I when I saw that again, I had to Google who that was. And then I was, and then as soon as I saw his picture, I was like, porn stash, yes, definitely. Uh, from Orange is the New Black. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I thought I thought that, yeah, that, that would definitely be a good, either of those would be good picks um, for, for the trio character too. And, and then the other thing I had, and I don't, I don't know if this fits, but I love Jake Gyllenhaal in anything. So mm-hmm. Jake, as Vincent Hanna, that's kind of similar to his prisoner character, like the dark parts, maybe not the, the bombastic parts, but I think him playing Vincent Hanna is something that he's done mm-hmm. similar characters, like big characters like that. But for me, I think as a Neil McCauley backup, I think he would be pretty good because he's also pretty good at like internal characters. Um, he doesn't have the look or anything, but I, I would... I would like him as a Neil McCauley. I think that would be another good one. Who who is it again? Jake G. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because I I could see Jake being a better Hannah than than McCauley. Yeah, but I mean, I think he could. You could literally he you could just offer him any of these parts. He would be a great Charlene. So <laughs> I think he could handle all of it. Just every role is played by Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> That's my, Shia, um, that's my Shia LaBeouf joke. <laughs> um, were there any more um, honorable mentions for yourself, Alain? Oh, you know, I, I don't think anything as good as is or close to what I said. Now I'm just regretting that I didn't say Joaquin Phoenix in the beginning before <laughs> Ben Barnes. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I, thought, I thought Tom Hardy maybe would have been a good um, Tom Sizemore character right uh michael character um or even even uh christian bale falls in a good age bracket for hannah but i i don't know do you want to really put bale i mean you put dicaprio i guess so yeah i guess i could say like one of my thoughts was christian bale for for vincent hannah 
Well, hand is a more meaty part in heat too, so you could get you could get any number of stars for that. I can see that too. I can see, you know, he's such a chameleon; he could do anything. But yeah, I could definitely yeah, see him doing the, doing the Hannah part. Let's just stick with these uh, the the Hannah roll and the the Neil roll. Between all three of us, who do you guys think would be the best opposition to each other? Like between our picks, like not not just like both of your picks steve or both of david's picks but like you could mix match any of those six people who do you, who do you think would be best sitting across from each other that's a good question well ben barnes is out <laughs> i think it's fassbender and michael fassbender and killian murphy i think Personally. I like uh, hey. DiCap- DiCaprio and Joaquin would be good. If you were throwing yeah, someone new, yeah. I was just going to say, let's let's take Ben Barnes out of mine and just replace him with Joaquin. And then, and oh, go. okay. That definitely changes it then. Yeah, I would go, um, in that case, because even though I don't agree with De- uh, DiCaprio playing the Neil role, I would put um, DiCaprio and, and Joaquin Phoenix um, because I'd love to, I don't think they've been in the same film together and I'd love to see them two going, going head-to-head in with these types of roles. So I think that would be incredible. You know who's slightly too old? I literally didn't think of this person until now, but Gary Oldman's maybe like five years too old for Vincent Hanna, but would also just be maybe a little too famous to take the Nate role, but would kind of be great. You know, he's such a chameleon that I could see him doing either. If, if he too was made five years ago, he would be like almost perfect for that. But yeah, I think he could Gary, make a good Nate. Gary Oldman? Yeah. Mm. Gary yeah. Oldman goes from playing like a uh, a white Rastafarian with dreads <laughs> to the character in Leon the Professional to Dracula to like he can literally do it. Yeah, it's his character in like the Fifth Element. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I wasn't saying mm, uh, like, like disagreement with you. Yeah, I was thinking. I was. I was thinking. Mm, like thinking. Like I think he would make a really good Vincent Hanna too. You know. So. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, he might be slightly too old. He's like sixty-four. Um, so, yeah, you know, if they yeah. if they would have, if you could have like done a Heat two or or remade Heat like maybe two thousand five, two thousand ten at a push, um, you know, I think I think George Clooney would have been a brilliant Neil. Um, different take on it than De Niro, but just the kind of he can do the suaveness um, and the kind of you know the, but just seeing him play that kind of role like. Um, I just think he'd be really good in that. Um, I'd like to see him do that. You know who would be really good in the Neil role? Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> what we really need to figure out is we've already been on two of your episodes. We need to figure out uh, to get you uh, an episode to get you on our show. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I you guys, you know, are much more prepared and plan ahead far more than I do. So um, it sounds like you got the no, next. No, well, <laughs> no, well, we I do don't not. know. You, you were just talking at the start about how you've got October, November, and December pretty much um, all scheduled. So, um, so yeah, just you know, any just send me a, send me a list of films, your films you're thinking about doing, and I'd I'd love to be on either as someone who's watching something for the first time or um, uh, is is one of my faves. So yeah, I'd I'd love to, but just you know, whenever you can fit me in, it's absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, just one other thing, guys. I know you mentioned it on my other episode, but I obviously always like to get this on there as well. If you could just 
where's the best place for people to um, kind of contact you on social media and that Our kind Twitter of thing? Twitter is um, at finally watched because someone took the eye. So we're at finally watched on Twitter and then we're at I finally watched on Instagram. So either of those. Yeah. Awesome. And then we have our uh, we have our full contact email on our website, uh, I finally watch podcast.com. So any any one of those yeah, guys, will thank respond. You so much. Uh, apologies for the issues, but um, yeah, thank you for being on and uh, yeah, look forward to listening to um, some of your upcoming episodes. Yeah, we no, we had a blast and uh, we we look forward to listening to this episode. So awesome. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Bye so much for listening to this episode of for me these films are the juice um was a little bit of a chaotic episode as you can as you can hear but um but one that i thoroughly enjoyed and um yeah uh, as i'm sure you'd all agree alan and david were uh, were fantastic um really got to hear a little bit more of their uh, their banter between themselves um in in this episode so um again just a huge huge thank you to those guys for giving me their time and and uh, agreeing to be on the um be on the episode and for reading the book um beforehand i I didn't actually ask them to do that but um, they went ahead and did it anyway so um so yeah thank you so much to you guys for for that um one thing i didn't mention in the introduction was that um heat 2 is a um is a fantastic book it's hefty one 466 pages as uh, the guys mentioned in the episode but if you are a fan of the film heat you'll absolutely love the book uh, heat 2 um it's just got exactly the same kind of tone to it um it was co-authored by michael mann and also uh, meg gardner who i'm very proud to say is a dear personal friend of mine nowadays um <laughs> that's only because she uh liked and retweeted um a tweet i put out about uh the book and also um i mentioned her in a tweet because i bought one of her one of her own books uh to read as well because i enjoyed heat too so much so she she commented on that one so i like to think she's a good friend of mine now um but yeah please do um go and uh check out the book if you are interested and um hopefully you can kind of see some of the things that we were talking about and maybe some of the decisions that we made on the on the casting choices um but yeah i hope you all really enjoyed the episode and uh, i'll be back um next month halloween month so um jen who i mentioned from the every rom-com podcast in the uh, in the introduction she's going to be a guest on my on my podcast this time and we're going to talk about bram stoker's dracula so um yeah look forward to uh to recording that one with her and hopefully putting it out to you guys and and you enjoy it as well so uh yeah until then take care and uh, thank you very much for listening <laughs>